And welcome back to another episode of Ribble with Cause. I have no guests this week. So instead, we're just going to do one of those uh, favorite uh, news roundup episodes. This week, we have uh, a whole bunch of uh, things going on. It seems while I was uh, doing interviews and working, it seems like the uh, the world decided it was going to set itself on fire. So uh, over the last week, we've had, you know, the selective service website getting shut down because people... Uh, Getting on there, going to find out if they're going to have to be drafted for World War III. It was another hashtag that was uh, trending on Twitter. I did have uh, one uh, retweet uh, of Tim Kennedy who said that uh, his faith in this generation had gone down because they had crashed the uh, the Selective Service website because nobody wants to be conscripted to go to war. And uh, I just had to retweet. I was like, well, meanwhile, my faith in the uh, in the in the new generation has gone up a couple points. Conscription is slavery. We'll just start it off there. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just tackle a big one. Being conscripted against your will to go fight in a war that you have no business being in, number one. So this would be Iran, right? Because uh, Donald Trump had to go and uh, kill like the number two uh, general over there in Iraq for Iran, uh, as well as uh, like an Iraqi militia leader that was... Uh, not to mention as uh, staff or whatnot. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me for how many people that drone strike actually did end up killing other than uh, Soleimani. So in response, Iran sent some ballistic missiles to that Al-Assad air base and destroyed a bunch of stuff. Didn't end up killing anybody, but they destroyed a bunch of stuff. Just kind of as a proof of yeah, by the way, this ballistic missile may not be like the cutting-edge technology that you may have in the United States, but it still does a pretty damn good job of uh, going up and coming down where we tell it to go. And uh, for the Republicans and Democrats who seem to think that war with Iran would be such a great and wonderful idea, uh, no. No, it will not. Iran is a little bit higher class than uh, what Iraq was in 2003 and what Iraq was in 1991. This isn't just, you know, we're just going to run through the area and bomb a whole bunch of uh, airports and military installations and people will greet us in the streets uh, shouting and cheering. At, you know, uh, that's not going to happen. Not in this case. You know, this the for all intents and purposes, you know, it's not exactly third world, but it's not exactly first world either. So it's kind of in that middle. I don't know, second world problems, I guess. Now, Iran has a, a major problem, is they are sitting on a ton of oil, but they can't refine it into gasoline. So they actually import a lot of their gasoline into the country. Now, a military defense of an invasion would use up all the gasoline. People wouldn't be able to move around. And if people can't move around, they can't get out of the major cities and cultural centers that uh, Donald Trump said he was going to commit a war crime over. You know, massive civilian casualties. It wouldn't be a good day. Stupid. Definitely evil. But it wouldn't be a good day. So I don't know what was going on here at the Tehran International Airport. But uh, this Ukrainian uh, jet takes off from the runway. And the Revolutionary Guard shoot it down. Don't know why. They did. And, you know, here it is Sunday. And I'm reading this story that was posted yesterday, Saturday. And uh, they finally admitted that, uh, you know, it was a big oopsie. Shot down that plane. 
But for the you know couple days it was going around, it was uh, Western propaganda. You know, you 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 uh, Satan of the West. Always spreading lies. Well, now this has uh, opened up a, a a big can of worms in Iran because now they have protests going on. Now, one thing that you can say about the Iranian people is, um, well, there was a. Uh, I'm gonna backtrack here a little bit. There was a uh, documentary. Uh, one of these uh, Rick Steves. Usually, he goes to Europe and. Uh, does like these little tour guide type stuff for, uh, you know, he's got a ton of them. They're usually on like your um, public broadcasting station, uh, PBS. Yeah. And uh, they're usually all over Europe. So he'll go to Europe, you know, he'll meet the the people. He'll kind of talk to them a little bit. and But he did one on Iran, which I found fascinating because he was talking to the people of Iran. Now, I understand a Western journalist coming into Iran, he's probably going to have a government minder there with him. And, uh, but, uh, he, you know, he's talking to like his cab driver. And the cab driver looks at him, talks to him in English, and says, he goes, American? And he's like, yes, yes, uh, I'm American. And he goes, I don't know. We friends, we friends. Don't, don't listen to the, to the wall over there. And the, they, you know, have a shot of the famous painting over there in uh, Tehran of the Statue of Liberty with the, uh, instead of a face, it's a skull. Um, and he goes, yeah, yeah, don't listen to that. We friends, we friends. Uh, you know, he's trying to make the point like, uh, you know, I, I'm here, a, a regular average Iranian citizen, and you're an average American citizen with a news camera, of course. I have no quarrel with you, basically. And uh, it was just fascinating to me. And uh, he, you know, traveled all throughout uh, Iran, and he went to some of the cultural sites that Donald Trump says he wants to commit a war crime over. Uh, yet another war crime, uh, I might add. And, uh, you know, he's just meeting the people. Everyone seems to be kind of friendly with him and everything. Uh, he even had a family invite him into their home for dinner. Uh, it was, you know, quite an amazing thing. And you have to put this in perspective. You know, these aren't bloodthirsty demons that you think that the uh, the news media is going to make you believe that they are. Okay. No. The people who are bloodthirsty and want war all the time, that's the government. That's not, that's not the regular people. You know, myself, I, I don't want to go to war, war in Iran. Good thing I'm 40 and I can't be uh, drafted, I guess. But, you know, you got kids that are 17, 18 years old. You might want to start thinking about not having them sign up. You know, I've got a son who's 11. He's right around the corner. And coming up, I'm pretty sure we're going to have a lot of deep, in-depth in conversations about not joining the military and not going along with the system and stuff. But uh, And he should get it more than anybody else. He was in foster care for eight years. I'm sorry, six years. I was doing my math wrong there. <laughs> yeah, so um, he, he should know it more than anybody else. He's seen what the system is like on the inside. That it. It's troublesome. You know, I don't want to see people just go risk their lives over something stupid. And I know the Republican war hawks are all going to tell you about how, you know, dastardly and evil the, the, the Iranians are. And they're just going to lump every Iranian that's ever existed into one pot. Because that's what they do. 
They like to think of people in general terms. Because if it gets beyond general terms, it then becomes really too hard to think about it. And of course, if they're going beyond general terms, then eh, their, their argument's going to fall to pieces. And that's another thing that they can't have. So we're going to keep the, uh, the Iran situation under watch because we got protests. You know, they admitted that they shot down this Ukrainian jetliner. The U Ukraine is probably all pissed off about this as well, as well as the families of the 176 people on board that were just murdered for no apparent reason. And then we got Trump sending tweets out saying he's, you know, going to target cultural, cultural centers. It's a war crime. You, you've already aided and abetted the Saudis with giving weapons to the Saudi Arabians who use that on the Yemeni people and they're committing a genocide and you are aiding and abetting that, that, that fact. That's what you should have been impeached for. That's what you should have been removed from office for. That's what you should have been thrown in jail for. And guess what? Before you say, oh, well, you just, you're just a Democrat. No, 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 no. Obama started that bullshit. He should be also have been impeached, removed from office and thrown in jail. You know, I'm going to come back to Lysander Spooner. Unfit to exist. The Constitution has either given us the government that we have, or it's been powerless to stop it. Unfit to exist. It's not working. It hasn't worked. And, it, you know, if you are a, a part of the government, it's working fabulously for you. Especially if you are a major defense contractor. And again, we've had presidents warn us in the past about this. Dwight Eisenhower comes to mind. Told you to beware the military-industrial complex. Because that switch was turned on in the 1940s, and guess what? It hadn't been turned off. It's crazy-making. Crazy-making. All right. So, let's talk about some, uh, <laughs> some uh, national news. We have, uh, coming close to start the 2020 elections... You know, we're, we're now getting down to the wire. Now you got the Obama campaign warning against, uh, warning against, uh, Bernie. <laughs> and you, you gotta say, uh, Obama, I don't know what, what his thing is lately, but he has been going against the leftists, so to speak, uh, talking about, uh, keyboard warriors and everything. But, uh, Barack Obama's uh, 2012 campaign manager is warning that Democrats would struggle in a general election against Donald Trump if Bernie Sanders is the nominee. <laughs> this might be a newsflash to this guy, but, um, uh, Jim Messina, who's the former campaign manager, uh, this might be a newsflash to him. Anybody that the Democrats are going to throw up there is going to have a handful trying to deal with Donald Trump who is the king of mean, he, he will go to that spot that isn't polite. And they can't deal with that. He says mean words. People are going to get offended. Okay, it's it's going to be a problem for Bernie if, if he's the one who's selected to, to run. Because Donald Trump will walk all over him. If Elizabeth Warren runs, please, please let it be Elizabeth Warren. Because even if she's trying to make like a, a, a point on anything, he's just going to interrupt her with Pocahontas. <laughs> you, you know that's going to happen. You know, if we're going to have like some kind of contested thing where Hillary Clinton's double is going to come out and... These people are all idiots. It's my turn. Yeah. And Joe Biden. That'd be another one. They'd have a problem. 
<laughs> they would all have a problem. Doesn't matter who they get to run. They're they're all gonna have a all gonna have an issue. Because the Democrats have done everything in their power to make people like Donald Trump because they hate the establishment as it is. And they have this vision that Donald Trump is anti establishment, which he's not. He's very much part of the establishment. He's the money guy. There's a reason why, you know, there's pictures of him and Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton and, you know, the Bushes and stuff. There, there's, there's reasons why there's pictures of this guy with everybody. Campaign contribution, you know. Get a little uh, back scratching in return, I'm sure. No, he is very much part of the swamp. He is just one of the many gators. So when he said drain the swamp, he, you know, didn't really mean it. <laughs> I hate to tell you this. But a politician's promises are usually worthless. But yeah, Politico had that story up. A campaign manager warning against Bernie uh, is going to have a have a uh, have a rough time of it. Ah, here's a good one. Caucus go- goers paralyzed by the fear of choosing wrong candidate. Ooh, analysis paralysis. This one's from MSN. Uh, many Iowa Democrats are paralyzed by fear of choosing the wrong candidate to take on Trump. Uh, Susan Dreyer, a Catholic nun, left her monastery one day this week in search of an answer to a fateful question. Is Elizabeth Warren strong enough to kick Trump out? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, let's see. I'm still deciding, Dreyer72 told volunteers uh, for Warren's presidential campaign when, after the Massachusetts senator spoke here, they asked the nun if she would commit to backing Warren in the state's crucial Democratic caucuses next month. Iowa voters are famous for taking their time every four years to decide which candidate to support. Often insisting on doubtful process of meeting several contenders in person before making up their minds. All right. And all of this is, is just a big show. All right. It's theater. It's theater for ugly people. Um, but just because Iowa caucus is first, that's the only reason why this gets noticed. Any other time, the coastal elites would, wouldn't wipe their shoes on somebody from Davenport, Iowa. And especially an old nun from Davenport, Iowa. They don't care about flyover states. They never have, and they're never going to. And the only reason why they care right now is because the Iowa caucus is first. That's it. And then after this, they'll be back in on the East Coast or on the West Coast, getting ready for the next one, which I think is New Hampshire, is number two or whatever. You know, and then they'll go over there and schmooze and say a bunch of things that they don't really mean. To a bunch of uh, gullible people who will buy it hook, line, and sinker. Because they have. They have for decades. They'll just believe it. Oh, that's another good one. SJWs. You guys are a mockery among yourself. You are a cartoon. You are a walking cartoon. I love this headline. From the San Francisco Gate, of course. Some Democrats alarmed at impending all-white debate. All, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't say that right. All-white debate. Really? I thought uh, Andrew Yang was still in there. Hmm. Oh, wait, Elizabeth Warren isn't white, right? I mean, she's supposed to be 
you know, Indian, Native American, right? No? Okay. And of course, the uh, uh, San Francisco Gate is the only thing that, uh, you know, would run this story. Uh, only white candidates have qualified for next week's Democrat, de- Democratic presidential debate. The first time in this election cycle that no minority contender will make the stage. No minority. So even the SF Gate is conceding the point that Elizabeth Warren is not a Native American by any stretch of the imagination. It's a dynamic that critics say threatens to undercut the party's rhetoric of inclusivity. Hence the reason why I just said all of the contenders. Doesn't matter who gets it. They're all going to have a problem, both with their base, who they've ignored. Just see, you know, Trump's election from, from 2016. There's a reason why Ohio flipped, why Pennsylvania flipped. You know, there's, there's a reason why the blue-collar working class decided to back Trump instead of Hillary Clinton. What's the hashtag? Get woke, go broke. There is a rising amount of skepticism, sarcasm towards this social justice warrior garbage. Oh, you didn't, you didn't use my proper pronoun. Fuck off. It's going to be an all-white debate. Fuck off. Nobody cares about this. Nobody. People in the newsroom, they care about it. People at the SF gate, they care about it. Person reading this in Kansas, who's got to go on shift in an hour, who's reading this, doesn't give two shits. And then you wonder why they want to uh, do away with the uh, Electoral College. Unfit to exist. You guys are walking cartoons. You are parodies of yourselves. Because you're going too far. (laughs) Too fast. Uh, Oh, and this one. Elizabeth Warren. She's got to be more green than the next person. The survival of our planet depends on the 2020 election. Oh, whoa. I've heard the it's the most important election of our lifetime things before, but the survival of the entire planet. (laughs) Uh, Oh, here she is. She's got a quote. You know, I think we all know that the 2020 election is not just about the next four years, not just about the next eight years. Yeah. 2020 election may well be about the survival of the planet. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of this fight. That's, you know, she's telling people what website grabby news. I've never heard of this. I've never heard of this before, but they got, they got the sound bite right there. I got the video of it. <laughs> I, I, I can't even fathom. I can't even fathom. It's like somebody like behind the scenes said, Hey, by the way, that AOC, you know, she's making a lot of points with the, with the, with the kids about this earth stuff. <laughs> Go out there and placate them. Oh <laughs> uh, yes. The Australian fires, right? This is the cause of global warming. Nope. People got arrested for arson. That's right. People got arrested for arson for setting the blaze in Australia that caused all that death and destruction. Just so they can say, look, it's global warming. And they're like, no, it's arson. SJ Warrior, SJW Warrior garbage. Again, it's so silly. You guys are going to get laughed right off the stage. And not because you're funny. All right, well, hold on just a second. We'll be right back. Okay, now that we've paid some bills around here, back to my ranting and raving. 
All right, so that'll bring us to the next part, portion of the show. Last week, I put a call out there to get some more questions to come in for the Ask Me Anything segment, and I was not disappointed. I got one. All right, and if you want to send a question, by all means, go to the uh, the Anchor uh, app. There's a way for you to record a question that I'll play here on the show. Uh, or you can send me an email to rebelwithacausepodcast at protonmail.com, like my good buddy David did. And he has a couple of questions that I'll probably be able to, to riff on. Uh, he's got a couple. All right. Question one. When will you have Mrs. Rebel back on? <laughs> uh, that may be a while. She, uh, you know, she doesn't get the whole podcasting thing. Um, I had to like try to make it fun for her the last time that we were that uh, that she was on. Uh, me living in Dallas while she's still living in Baton Rouge is uh, kind of makes it a little tricky. But uh, maybe I'll ask. Maybe I'll ask. See if she'll uh, come back on for something else. Uh, question two. On one hand, I've heard the argument that economic sanctions against foreign governments simply entrenches the regime that the sanctions are supposed to target. On the other hand, I almost never support a full-blown war. With all that being said, what can be done with a round situation considering that they have a history of serious human rights issues as well as supporting various proxies that target the U.S.? All right, so that that's a big one. Uh, economic sanctions are, are an act of war, uh, completely and totally. Uh, you are withholding goods and services that would normally cross those borders uh, and you're just making it difficult on the, the everyday people that I was talking about earlier. Uh, this also happened in Iraq. And when questioned Madeleine Albright about it, she didn't even question the number of 500,000 people dying due to starvation and, and disease and whatnot from Iraq. She just said, yeah, it was the right thing to do. Now, maybe that number is not as quite as high as the estimate put it, but that's neither here nor there. She didn't care about the number. She heard 5,000 people, 500,000 people dead due to sanctions, and she said it was the right move. That's really the only thing you really need to keep in mind. But economic sanctions are an act of war. Because where goods and services do not cross a border, armies will. Or in this case, uh, the thinking is, well, if we put these economic sanctions on this country, the people will get so upset at their leaders that they'll try to throw them off. You just, you know, be getting more violence. So even if you have a country that has human rights, human rights abuses, uh, namely hanging gay people from cranes, uh, throwing gay people off of tall buildings. Okay. All of this stuff is, is crumbling, by the way. There's a lot of people in Iran who are going against the, the religious police. You know, you've got women taking off hijabs in public and going around with their hair out. And they're doing it in large numbers. You know, that's not to say that they won't be punished later for it. They probably are. But Culturally, something's happening there. Now, what I would like to see with this particular Iran situation is just for, just to say, look, 
we know that you're going to use proxy forces everywhere. Um, but I'll tell you what. We're just going to start sending over goods and services for your people to buy. And if you let those things in, you know, we'll stop being such bastards around you. You know, having all those military bases around your country and everything. We'll back off. You back off. We'll trade. And then that will be that. We have past experience for this. In Russia, people were getting Levi jeans smuggled in. They were getting uh, heavy metal albums recorded on x-rays. Television shows were being snuck in. And the Russian people, at some point, had enough. We're seeing that happening in Korea today. South Korean garbage soap operas are doing more to damage the credibility of the DPRK than any Western propaganda ever. As cheesy as those South Korean soap operas look, they're having an effect on the North Koreans. You know, some can smuggle that stuff in and they get to watch it. And they're seeing how good people live in South Korea just via these stupid television shows. And goods get smuggled in from China all the time. And so that state propaganda against their neighbors to the south is, is starting to fall apart. North Korea is a failed state. <laughs> you know, if you um, listen to Michael Malice at all, he talks about Koreans just have no regard for the state police whatsoever in some of their dealings. But they're still a very real threat that, you know, they have a familial punishment and everything. But this type of change is very, very slow. It takes a long time for it to go. Years. So the situation in Iran is sticky. Okay. You have a religious order in charge of the government there. It is a theocracy. Yeah, they have an elected prime minister and everything, but he doesn't really do much without their approval. Okay, they can um, take a look at Dubai, which is one of Iran's targets. Dubai, they're more secular. You know, you've got Muslims drinking alcohol, which they're not supposed to do. And they're all very successful and rich and everything. And they're seeing that. So yeah, sanctions will entrench those who are in, in charge. Because whatever foreign aid they do get, they keep to themselves. It's one more thing that they can say, look, the U.S. is the bad guy. Look what, look what they're doing to you. You know, at this point, don't give them a reason. <laughs> you know. It's like, look, just let whoever's going to trade in there trade in there. And the situation will improve over time. It's going to take a long time for that to happen. But I hope that answers your question. So if you want to get on the on the register for asking questions, please uh, go to the voicemail thing on Anchor. The link's in the show notes. Uh, if you want to be heard on the show, otherwise send me an email. My DMs are open on Twitter. <laughs> Can't believe I just said that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're open on Twitter. So if you want to send a question that way, you know, I'll read it out and probably answer it. Maybe. 
<laughs> and I say, ask me anything. I really, I really mean anything. Uh, questions I had before was, you know, kind of silly stuff. Uh, you know, I, that's fine. I can be silly too. All right. Anyways, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, check out the show notes down below. See all the different ways that you can support the show. You know, I got your uh, Patreons, your Bitbackers, your subscribe star float. It's all there. Uh, if you want to buy a t-shirt or a coffee mug, uh, I have a t-shirt that does say economic sanctions are an act of war on it. You can find that at my Teespring store listed down in the show notes. But uh, other than that, guys, take it easy. And next week, I'll be back. <laughs>